Vernon, Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, hi, Mike, by the way. Hello, hi. <laughs> uh, we, we haven't given this an official name. Uh, maybe we should have done that in the beginning, like, I don't know, Damn Fine Coffee or... Yeah, well, isn't it called? Isn't it called Talking Peaks? Is that what it's called? That's what it's called on on your uh, on your oh, iTunes it? feed. Yeah. Well, okay, then fine. It's Talking Peaks. There you are. <laughs> I didn't even know that. There you are. There um, you go. Last time out, Mike, we we sort of said that we're going to look uh, very carefully at the various plot strands coming into episode eight. We firmly and fully intended to do that. We did, we did, and I think actually we said last week, oh, that went really well, let's continue as planned, you know, unless anything really drastically yeah. different happens next week. David Lynch clearly heard that and thought, <laughs> I'm going to put a spanner in that podcast works. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you our review of episode eight. Mike and Gary haven't got a flipping clue what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah. episode started with you know uh, agent cooper just having broken out of prison so the evil agent cooper and he's in the car and they're driving along and he's telling this guy that we've got a safe house and you know we, we've got somewhere to go i can't remember the other guy's name i'm afraid it's ray thank you and it's going kind of normal and then they pull over because ray needs to take a leak very normal very standard all very normal all very normal ray pulls a gun again all part of normal and from there on in, I believe we went on a televisual acid trip. We did, yeah. I've seen some wonderful quotes on Twitter and things. Uh, like uh, Netflix apparently have had to change the name of, to, name of their show to It's Not Such a Stranger Thing. Uh, <laughs> I and, know. Uh, and also somebody saying um, American Horror Story is the greatest thing on television. So weird. 
and the picture of David Luke saying, hold my beer. It's just the internet has absolutely exploded since Sunday night. It's so funny. And that, yeah, I've seen so many funny tweets, like somebody saying, yeah, you know, where this makes all of the last 10, 15 years worth of kind of post Twin Peaks weird TV programs look like two and a half men and things like that uh, yeah yeah, exactly i don't think you could have dreamt this episode any weirder than it actually came out uh and we will do our best to kind of tell you what we think and i trust the word think might have been going on absolutely i've got a few theories okay and i've got a few things that i've read and a few things that i've come up on my own do you have the um, secret history of Twin Peaks yet? Do you know, I have got it, but I've not actually read it. Oh, I started okay. reading it, and I, I thought, this is a bit exhausting. It's just reading really boring kind of police files and things that yeah. I wasn't really that into, so I, oh, I gave I, up. I'm glad I'm not the only one, because I was going to say to you, I bought this uh, on, on Amazon for my Kindle a couple of days ago. But yeah, it, it, it starts off with a lot of badly written documents, which you can hardly read, and then yes. it does go into a lot of the police reports. But apparently... By episode 18, a lot of things in that book will start to make sense. That book is written by Mark Frost, and and, and, yeah. and it's very telling of, of what, what roles these two have, because I think Mark Frost is so much the guy who is into the mythology and the plot yeah. and the, the kind of minute details, the things that geeky podcasts like this one will focus on and remember and talk about, you know, is, is all yeah. of the stuff that Mark Frost is really into. David Lynch, I think, just wants to make something that makes you feel something, essentially. And yeah, he, just he, wants he wants to make to- of art gut wrench your emotions yeah and 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 this in some way is a is a, is a good marrying of the two because yeah i think what mark frost is doing here and we'll get into this later is trying to do some kind of origin story uh, yes. but he's handed it over to david lynch and this is what we've got and david lynch has run it through a mangle lynch and, filter and, and... so ray shoots evil agent cooper that's the last normal thing that happens yes everything from here on in is either in the Twin Peaks weird thing, or it's a flashback, and even the flashbacks are weird. Now, at that when, moment, when when, they, when Agent Cooper got shot, I was like, oh, brilliant! You know, that's happened fast, and now yes. does that mean we're going to get good Cooper back? And I thought, what, what I was expecting to see next was a, a cut straight to Las Vegas, and yep. Dougie suddenly kind of coming to in whatever weird situation he's in, you know? What happens is, uh, and, and this is reference to Firewalk With Me, we get these very strange characters who feature heavily in this episode called the Woodsmen. Mm, yes, and they, yes, yes. Come and, they come and effectively kind of resurrect Agent Cooper. It's a terrifying moment, and I think it's a brilliant moment as well, but oh, it yeah. really chilled me to the bone. But these, these kind of, yeah, as you say, these figures, these woodsmen, they appear out of the dark, and they're moving this weird kind of sped up, and they're kind of translucent, yeah. these kind of ghostly figures. It reminds me a bit of, uh, have you seen Patrick Swayze film Ghost? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, you know when no, the wh- bad people get taken mm, away yeah. by those kind of shadowy demons. That it reminded me a bit of that as well. But have, anyway. have you ever seen a Denzel Washington film called Fallen? Yes, a long time ago. Yes, and again, it's a bit like that. And what happens in Fallen is that an evil spirit passes between people as they die, it leaves their leaves their body and enters somebody else. And it reminded me of that. That's right. Isn't it into a cat at the end or something? Yes, Am that's thinking... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. yeah, and they don't. Yeah, that's how it ends. Yeah. Uh, well remembered for something yeah. many years ago. Well, for some well. reason, that's the main bit I remember. I don't know why. I don't like. Cats. I just remember Denzel Washington being in it because in those days, I thought he well, he still is, but I thought he was a great actor then. Yeah, um, yeah. So the whole of the rest of the episode really is an origin story of Bob, and it shows that basically sometime in the forties, I think it was the nineteen forties. Yeah, 
Bilhai, we got two time periods in New Mexico. He kind of fell to Earth or inhabited the Earth. Well, I got from it that he was the product of this atomic bomb going off because that's the oh, first yeah. thing we see. We see this incredible shot of um, this, you know, the what was it called? The Manhattan Project or whatever it is, yes. where they basically tested a nuclear bomb in New Mexico for the first time. First ever, you know, time that this had happened. Mm. And it was like this was a, a, a turning point in human history. And, and at this moment, humanity created Bob, created evil yeah. or something. That's kind of what I read from it anyway. I mean, who knows? Basically, what we see is this huge mushroom cloud. David yeah. Lynch kind of pulls us into this mushroom. And there's this extraordinary, like, kind of mishmash of images that reminded me of something like 2001 Amazing. or, or yeah. Life or something, where it's kind of like, it looks like one of those kind of weird sequences that kind of explains the origins of the universe or something. But we just kind of see a mishmash of shapes and colours and then, yeah, as you say, Bob's face emerging from it, you know, in this kind of egg blob type, yeah. you know, Which, sphere. Uh, ironically as well, one thing that I have noticed, that Manhattan Pit Project picture is behind Gordon Cole in the FBI office. It is, it is, absolutely. So uh, a, lot of striking. Pe- a lot of people have picked up on that, so... In the Twin Peaks mythology, it must have a lot of relevance. It must be important. Absolutely, absolutely. The next thing we get is, uh, yes, New Mexico in, in the 50s, 1956, I think. First of all, we see a, a young couple uh, on a date. It very much looks like a first date. And you can tell it's the 50s. You know, it's a, it's a guy in a suit with slick back hair. It's a girl in that kind of puffy skirt that they wore in the 50s. Very kind of like uh, uh, happy days is what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. And there's a lot of speculation about who this could be. Oh, I've yeah, read huge. I've read Leland and uh, Leland Leland and his Palmer and his wife. Yeah, Leland and Sarah Palmer. That's I think the most popular opinion. Well, I've I've read one today that says it's the log lady. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, and all of these people are around a similar age, so yeah. you know, it fits. Basically, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, you don't really know what's going on here. It's just an awkward date. You know, at the end of the date, he's walked her back to his house and her house and he wants to kiss her goodbye. And it's awkward. And, and it really is out of place because it, the rest of the episode is just so not like this. But at the end, this girl goes into her house and settles down to go to bed. This is where we get the woodsman back, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In, you see this convenience store. It almost looks like a sort of like a... I suppose the convenience store is wrong. It looks almost like a sort of like a, a petrol station kind of thing, doesn't it? Although I um, think you're right. I think no, I think I it is supposed to be a convenience store. I think that's what they're going for because yeah. there's again for some reason in this Twin Peaks mythology there's a lot of convenience store references. Yeah. And it, that's for some there's some connection between the Black Lodge inhabitants and 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 the fact that they all live in a convenience store or above a convenience store. They kind of um, come into this town. And they they kind of scare an old couple by sort of tapping on the window and asking for a light. And as you say, in this whole thing, it's that kind of scary music, scary flickering lights. It's absolutely terrifying to watch. Yeah, it's it's basically like the. It feels like this whole section in the 1950s feels like the opening of a horror movie. It feels like the yeah. opening of a of you know actually aptly a kind of 50s monster movie. That's what I kept thinking Absolutely. of. Like and, an atomic bomb monster movie type of thing. Strong flashbacks to a razor head because it's in black and white. Massively, which is a yeah. medium that 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 that, um, that David Lynch loves to use. You know, he used it a couple of times in uh, Firewalk with Me as well. You know, when he wants to pr- put something really dramatic, he puts it in black and white. Yeah, because it's such a stark contrast. The woodsmen walk through the town and to a radio station, 
Mm. And in the radio station, the woodsman uh, appears to have some sort of ability where he can touch the top of your head and it kind of splits your head open. Well, I think he was crushing that head, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he was literally sticking his fingers into that guy's head slowly. Yeah. And he begins to recite uh, a poem, I suppose. Yes. It is, you know, it is. Uh, we are the water, we are the well. I can't remember all of it. I know hang on, hang on. I've got yeah, it written go on, go on, down. Yeah, go I've got it written down in front do, of me. Do it so in your it's... best woodsman voice. Come on. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, so it's this is the water and this is the well. Uh, drink full and descend. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. And he repeats that about 18 times, doesn't he? You see a scene of three or four people in the town listening to the radio and sort of stopping. Uh, and, and listening to this this poem and eventually kind of collapsing yes so you it see a mechanic fixing a car someone in a diner again in very kind of twin peaksy uh settings yeah. even though this is new mexico i feel i thought oh it's like a petrol station and a mechanic yeah. a bit like big ed it's a diner a bit like norma oh, yeah. it was like an old new mexico version of twin peaks the last person that you see is the the young girl who has gone to bed and she kind of collapses and in what could be one of the most scariest yet silent and horrible moments in televisual history, the locust frog thing basically jumps into her mouth. Yep. So the assumption is is that the woodsmen have broadcast this thing to allow Bob to inhabit somebody. I mean, it could be something else because we've also we've omitted another we've omitted a whole section actually. Well, I, yeah, there's... I was coming to yeah. Go on, I was going to yeah. You, I was going to let you describe that one. Okay, well, I'll I'll try my best. So basically, before all this happens, following the atomic bomb going off, so we see the Manhattan Project, we see this bomb, and we see what we think might be the birth of Bob. Then suddenly we cut to this familiar-looking purple ocean, and it's the one that we saw in episode three, I think. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah I agree. This house or this castle or this palace that sits in the middle of this purple ocean. And inside we've got... Uh, a woman that we've never seen before who's kind of in this very kind of 1920s style sort of flapper dress it looks like and the giant who we've seen a few times before they are both kind of inhabiting this space that looks like this big i don't know lavish almost like again yeah. this 1920s silent movie vaudeville auditorium space I or something somebody playing a, like a huge great big organ in the background and also there's this other kind of structure that looks like a giant bell or something as well. Well, yeah, I, I, it looked like a sort of was like a case or something to keep somebody or something in. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. So anyway, they're in this room. Who knows what this might be, whether this might be the the White Lodge. My guess is this this is the White Lodge that we see. Oh, okay. kind of yeah, good yeah, yeah, I like that. And they look on a screen and they see what is just what we've just seen. Essentially, they see this bomb go off and they see Bob emerge from it. And then they kind of seem to counteract this event by birthing their own blob or egg or something. And, and suddenly this this gold light shoots out of the giant's head. And from this head comes this gold orb. And inside this gold orb, we see the face of Laura Palmer for some reason, considering it's the 1940s. It's very, yeah. very odd. And then this opera singer woman takes this gold blob with Laura Palmer's head and she funnels it through what looks like some sort of trumpet thing and it gets fired off into a map of North America. And so essentially it's almost like this spirit has been born and they've sent it to Earth or they've sent it to America. I mean, what what 
what that kind of implies to me is that Laura Palmer is not just this teenage girl, but some kind of ethereal being, some force of good that was created to counteract Bob or something, which is very weird. <laughs> it is because, uh, of course, in the end, Bob, through leaving, kills Laura. Uh, and, and Laura's life isn't exactly anything really good. If you've watched Firewalk with me, if you've read the diary, if you've watched the series, you kind of know that Laura was an extremely troubled teenager. Yeah, and nowhere so, near that. Nothing like a heroine, which is no. what kind of like this portrays her to be. The you know the, the white version of the angel, as opposed to Bob is the devil. She's playing the angel. It's bizarre. I I mean, it could mean any number of things. I've I've read some people saying that you know, well, time doesn't doesn't work in the same way in Twin no. Peaks. You know, maybe this is Laura Palmer having lived her life, having died, and having gone to the Black Lodge. And now they've they've pulled her back in time and sent her out into the earth as a spirit to kind mm. of de- defeat Bob before he can do any damage. Or something. I mean, who knows? It gets so complicated. Yeah, you end up finding yourself in uh, knots thinking about uh, it. Absolutely. It just goes round and round and round. And that, that's pretty that much is, the episode. That's pretty much the episode, apart from the rather pointless, strange performance by Nine Inch Nails halfway through. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is being universally slammed. We'd all been enjoying the, the scenes at the Roadhouse and even in the diner last week, you know, where music plays. But they decided to do it like a 15, 20 minutes into the episode and to use a well-known band uh, rather yeah. than this kind of idea of promoting new bands. You know, it's, it's Nine Inch Nails. Now, if there was ever a band outside of Radiohead that should have featured in a David Lynch television series, Nine Inch Nails are that. You're right. It's it's it, it. Everything about it felt very different. It was a well-known band. It wasn't at yeah. the end of the episode as we're used to. It was a real jarring kind of midway point where we had to sit and listen to this whole five-minute track. And and the fact that it's a well-known band, I'm sure, is deliberate. Everything was placed in this episode, I'm sure, yeah. by David Lynch deliberately as a kind of complete mind exploding experience, almost. You know, as as it, make us as confused as possible. And they succeeded, as far as I was concerned. I must admit, I spent the whole performance going, I like the odd Nine Inch Nails song. What are they doing here? And, mm-hmm. and I think some a lot of people out there, you know, whilst applauding just ability of David Lynch to come up with this stuff and put it on a screen and, you know, get it on television, we're all sitting going, okay, the, the Nine Inch Nails thing was a bit too far. But, you yeah. know, he, he's sticking with what he said he would do, and that is, you know, play music in each episode, which we all know something we all liked about the original twin peaks so yeah, we good. can't it's complain good. too much so overall i mean obviously this is a, a baffling episode and it's nothing like anyone has seen on yeah. tv ever you know in the history of television i'm sure there's never been anything quite like this well um, the only thing i can relate it to is the first time we saw the red room in twin peaks originally exactly in like exactly. episode was it episode about three or four wasn't it simple straightforward drama about a woman found in, on, on, wrapped in plastic we were getting a few weird characters and then all of a sudden, um, we get a, a dwarf talking backwards in a red room. And that was 25 years ago. And since then, things have changed. And you've got to do a lot more to to weird people out. And he's moved he with the times. It. Yeah. I mean, did you enjoy it? It's a very good question. Yeah. I'd have to say, on the whole, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't enjoy being messed around for an hour. I obviously admired the the visuals, the the look, the feel, everything I love about Lynch that we've talked about. I don't think I enjoyed being delayed either 
this was David Lynch going, this is how I'm going to mess you around. Or this was his kind of vision all along. Uh, yeah, I think this was his vision all along. I, you know, it it struck me that, you know, obviously while all this show was being developed, we heard the news that David Lynch had quit after a falling out with, this, with the network and then came yeah. back. And I wonder if this was the thing that, that where the network said, hang on, we're not doing this, you know. And then they fell out over it, David Lynch quit, and then they agreed to do it. And it, it feels like... You know, episode seven that we talked about last week crammed so much story in and so many things came together. And it was almost like he rushed through a bunch of story strands last week so that he had that time to do this this week. It felt like this is what he wanted to achieve. As you say, the the only plot was the the evil Agent Cooper thing. You know, it was the only thing that we were talking about that actually got in any way. And and I suppose that that there were two little bits that we've left out. One, right at the end of the episode, evil Agent Cooper is awake and alive. Yeah. We don't know whether Bob is still inhabiting him. We don't know anything because literally that last shot of just of him sitting up. And yeah. the other thing that Ray does was Ray makes contact with someone called Philip. Now, there are two major Philips in the Twin Peaks universe. One is Philip Jeffries, who was played by David Bowie. Yeah. And the other is the man with the only one arm. Is, he's called Philip Gerard, isn't he? David Bowie's character is dead and David Bowie's dead. And the bloke called Philip Gerard is in the Red Room and not actually of Earth. But he says, yes, I've killed him, and I'm now going to the safe house, and if he comes there, I'll kill him there. There is a plot to out to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one, one of the women, doesn't he? The woman that he pretty much strangles in one of the early episodes was sort of say, talking to someone on the phone and said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, but then she ended up being killed by the ice pick, man. So who who knows? I think it is Philip Jeffries. I think it is David Bowie's yeah, character. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, and I, I don't think the fact that David Bowie is dead is going to stop David Lynch at all from including no. this character in a very prominent well, and, way. Unless we never see him, unless he's completely off screen. But he, he's definitely part of the mythology, as you say. And I think he's a big and, part and, of it. And, yeah. and also, a lot of people have a theory that maybe David Bowie actually filmed this before he died and they've kept well, it a secret and he might pop up. You know, who I, knows? I wouldn't put it past him. Again, no. a little link back to, uh, to Firewalk with me. The very famous scene with David Bowie is he walks in and he points at Agent Cooper and says, do you not realise who this is? And a lot of people now are realising that Philip Jeffries knew about the fact that there was going to be a doppelganger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and kind of like maybe the Cooper in Firewalk with me is actually the evil agent Cooper because some of the scenes happen before and some of the scenes happen after the episodes in Twin Peaks. No, time kind of goes all over the place because in Firewalk with me, which is the prequel, Laura has a dream about Annie, played by Heather Graham. Yeah saying dale is in the lodge and he can't leave and yeah, write it in your diary and that that hasn't happened yet and that's why i thought it was interesting that they were so specific in this episode about you know putting a a, a, a caption saying specifically the time and location of new yeah, mexico in the 40s and 50s yeah uh, again must be a reason there must be a very specific reason for that i imagine um but who knows I think I'm a bit torn with this episode because I, on the one hand, really liked it. I really, I, I'm a big fan of David Lynch. I'm a fan of, yeah. I'm a fan of that kind of weird cinema. I love A Razorhead. I love Lost Highway and some of his quite strange stuff. And uh, for me, it was like a brilliant kind of trip. But what I don't like are the implications into the overall mythology. Like, I don't like the idea that Laura Palmer is some chosen one or that Bob is an alien or that everything was caused by a nuclear bomb. I I kind of, 
you know, originally this was a series about a very normal teenage girl who had secrets and you could you could kind of take the whole Bob thing as metaphor originally if you wanted to and it could actually just be a story about a father molesting his daughter. Well, that, that's what the way she chooses to deal with it. Was, wasn't it? Was that yeah. idea that because there were the scenes where she sat in the garden and watched him and things like that. So they, there always was that more kind of like, you know, it is very much and I... I remember watching a video series. Somebody did a brilliant video series where they unpacked every single episode of yeah. Twin. And he said, Firewalk With Me is a story about a father raping a daughter. Exactly. It is. It's totally and, it's a, and it's, it's a it's horror, horror movie about and domestic exactly abuse. Exactly what he's doing. Yeah. You know, so and and it's about the way that this teenage girl chooses to deal with it. It's like she invents this villain to see him as you know anyway all that is out the window now because now we're dealing with alternative universes and doppelgangers and that's all fine but i I feel like actually i'd rather some of that remain unexplained and uh, you know i'd rather not know that bob is the is the product of chemical atoms you know or whatever it might be i I don't know i feel like that's where human mistake has led to bob you know that's kind of interesting you know that us having to test the atomic bomb led to an evil spirit in the world i like i do like that theory in general because i I read that and about you know what it was it was the turning point in man in man's you know path to destruction you know the moment they set off this atomic bomb they had they had released the evil side in in all of human you know in humanity or whatever it might be you know whatever you choose to see it as that's all good i kind of hope that we don't learn too much more about that side of it because I'd, I'd rather not. Well, it, it, here to me is the big question. We now have a, a two-week gap, so um, Showtime are not showing a new episode next week. Do you think he goes back to a more plot-driven episode? Do we yeah. get more of this? What do you think? My personal uh, gut instinct is that that was a one-off and we're not going right. to go back to that again, at least for a long time. And it's going to carry on as normal next week. We're going to suddenly, you know, the episode will open, I reckon, with some kind of comedic scene with Dougie or something. I, I imagine that yeah. that Bob stuff is going to be laid to rest, at least for a while. And, and it will crop up at some point or it will be referenced. But I've, yeah. I've got a feeling, yeah, that's, that's going to be left up to, to us to decide, personally. I don't think you're going to see, we might see the giant, but I don't think you're going to see that scene again. You know, in the yeah, in the original so, Twin Peaks, like you said, when we when we suddenly got lumped in that weird red room, it was the weirdest thing ever. But then next episode, it went completely back to normal again, and we were back to yeah. cups of coffee. And and, and and I think one of the original complaints about the original series of Twin Peaks, and I think from the network, was Lynch wanted more of that stuff, and they didn't. He wanted more weirdness. They were like, no, we want the soap opera type it stuff. In. Yeah, and yeah, and that's why Mark Frost was given, as you say, Mark Frost took more control. And David Lynch took more of a back seat. And then he came back for those last two episodes, which were just a simple mind meld of stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, of being, you know, in that whole series in the Red Room at the end was just incredibly brilliant, bizarre. I think it's really important to have the balance, actually, because, you know, the, 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 the weird stuff only works and is only entertaining, I think, if it's in if it's in small doses. I think, you know, if we had 18 episodes of what we just saw this week, everyone would just get so sick of it and so bored, you know, and I, I, I really enjoy it every now and then. Uh, and and but I'm, what I'm hoping is that, yeah, now we're going to continue with the story and maybe yeah. something big has happened. Maybe that episode we just watched was also marking a turning point because I'd like to think, I, I'd like to, I do think it's coming to time where I'd like to see more of agent the real agent Cooper definitely 
you know, either either through Dougie or if the usual agent Cooper is no longer Bob or whatever, I want to see some real agent Cooper. Secondly, I want some more familiar faces. We've not yet seen Audrey Horn. Yeah, and we have. One to of see the things too. that Sherilyn Fenn is very clever. She was trolling Twitter saying, "You're going to want to watch episode eight. It's a doozy." Everybody assumed she was in it. <laughs> very clever, Sherilyn Fenn. Well done. Very good. That, we haven't yet seen uh, Ed, Ed, Nadine's husband. I was going to say Ed, Ed hasn't been in it yet, and and you know you assume that him and Norma, you know, maybe still something going on there. I mean, you know, it was never really resolved, was it? So, and it's important to that that all that stuff is just as important in Twin Peaks as the yeah. as the Bob Laura Palmer stuff. You know, people want to tune in to see those characters too. I hope David Lynch kind of knows that. I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the review of what we can consider the weirdest hour of television since of all the, time since, since the beginning of Twin Peaks itself. I think yeah, for a whole episode, nothing comes close to, to topping this. No, but but I think you know, hey. The internet exploded. Uh, I, I'm a member of several Twin Peaks groups on Facebook, and the posts on this were just epic. Oh, and yeah. It, it, and the genius is you put an episode like this out, and then you put it back for two weeks. Genius. The anticipation for that next episode has gone through the roof already. And how often with, twin, with, with TV programs do you go into it not knowing anything that is going to happen i have no idea next time we could be set in the 1940s we could be not we could be featuring this character we We might not future for all we know yeah and you have no idea where this series is going and that's what is so riveting about it well thank you very much mike uh where can people find you on twitter if they want to to throw a bit of twin peaks knowledge your way (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, my personal Twitter is m at m Munzer, which is m m u n c e r. I also do a movie podcast with Rihanna Dillon, which is called Back Row, and that is at Back Row Films. You can find me at at the Gary Show. I probably will change my picture to a picture of a white horse soon, just to emphasize yep. the Twin Peaks number. And and you've been listening to what I've now been informed is Talking Peaks. Uh, <laughs> a branding. I'm glad one of us knew what the name with. of your podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if after the third one we've gone with the branding, I'm not going to be the one standing in the way of it. So, uh, yes, I'm <laughs> yeah. listening to Talking Peaks. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.